It's my very first episode of Sarge the Sage podcast. I am the one and only Sarge the Sage. I'm very excited to bring to you this new project. This podcast is really like my baby right now. It's my new child. (laughs) And I'm just really excited to get into this episode. So how things are going to go, we're going to first hit on the modern mythology and then we'll have a legend story and then words of wisdom so let's get started i do need to share my screen because that's also a new addition to the flow i am going to be putting together documents um that will essentially add a visual layer and some historical context to what I'm speaking about. Obviously, I'm, I I use Zoom all the time, which is working from home, and I'm over here looking for where to share a screen button at. All right, anyway. Uh-huh. All right, so hopefully y'all can see this. Let's pop it off with the modern myths. So let's begin with the modern myth of Ophiuchus. This goddess has been really, really, really impactful to my spiritual journey. Finding out about her mythology as well as the impact that her energy has had on modern day really unlocked so many gems for me so it would really be a disservice for me to not begin with Ophiuchus so let's go ahead and get into the setting of the time when Ophiuchus was you know common knowledge I feel like anybody who has practiced um 13 sign astrology or sigil astrology where they do include Ophiuchus then you are familiar you know how important she is now, the, the time period where Ophiuchus was most popular, women were allowed to be healers, astronomers, midwives, and I don't even know why I'm even saying it loud, because it was only just until modern day that these professions became demonized. But during that time, women were the leaders of their societies. The reason being is because civilizations were more connected to let's say the I don't want to say alien but the extraterrestrial life forms that brought them up and you know helped them evolve this is really the best way to say it and at that time it was common for serpent beings um nagas um, I wouldn't say what we see as reptilians today because obviously that's some genetic splicing going on there, but definitely the Nagas and just, you know, other life forms, most of them had connections to, you know, serpent beings and, you know, either the look and feel or literally tails. So because of that, the people during that time were for one had direct contact 
with <laughs> these life forms and it was common knowledge that this exists and of course um i guess actually i'm going to get into a little bit a little bit further on as well but there are a lot of theories that the first civilizations were just brown women meaning that the first predominant humans on earth were women and it was automatically accepted and evident that that was the god source that was the source of life so Ophiuchus in a lot of ways embodies that dark feminine energy you know when you think about that kundalini energy, that life force, that creation force that's within all of us, women are basically it in in its form, like the living, breathing proof of, you know, where we come from. So I find it really interesting how the mythology of Ophicus played out, especially because niggas knew better, you know, just, just, just to put it things plainly. All right. Um, I'm looking here at a cave painting, um, from one of my references here, one of the websites that I'm using. Um, Hold on, let me scroll up to it. The image of you saw of two white men. Those are actually mass murderers who decided to reincarnate under the Ophiuchus energy and it drove their asses crazy. But anyway, okay. So this is a depiction of a cave painting in pre-Nubian times. And I'll go ahead and just read a quote really quickly. Um, this suggests that women were the major element in early human interaction and also that with animals. Ancient societies may have been polyandrous where women were able to access men as a tool of their fertility even before men understood their role in the process. No man possessed them like property since women had command of the knowledge of nature, celestial events, and their wounds. In early societies, women may have had to upgrade men from wild animals in the same way that they domesticated dogs. The reason why that is really important is because I also want to touch on the fact that those predominantly female societies that were in our early civilizations could also self-procreate now of course there's research that suggests that of course let's just be um, objective here you know like you know there's research that suggests that there could be research that doesn't okay cool anyway there is research that does suggest that women self-procreated through the means of <laughs> parthenogenesis so what that means is uh, i guess in modern days when you see women who have tumors or you know they can they, that are being removed from their womb sometimes those tumors have hair and nails and, and fingernails and things like that so that is just proof that a woman is actually able to all the i mean because a tumor is just overgrowth of cells and 
that's what we are biologically not an overgrowth because you know we've maintained our growth and reached a certain balance but yeah we're just cells that grow dude i'm not gonna lie and, <laughs> and women to this day still possess the ability to grow cells within their womb and evolve it into a human um, although we aren't at our peak of power where we were truly tapped into our dark matter, we were truly tapped into the mystery of the fact that we can create life, <laughs> like pure divinity, um, during that time, you know, we were, that's all I'm saying, that's all I'm saying. We're not as clear on it today, but... <laughs> regardless of the fact Ophiuchus is a clear um energetic signature that still permeates through us you know um and I'm not saying that I mean well let me also be realistic as well when I say Ophiuchus is an energy that's permeating through us what I'm really saying is that we've labeled <laughs> <laughs> we've labeled the source where we've noticed our our power in you know in the sky basically and that's just really what's it within okay we're gonna get into it because i'm kind of jumping ahead because i'm gonna get into the stars as well okay so the early calendars were lunar based again this is being pulled this quote is going to be pulled from um sidralist.com or siderealist.com however you guys say it the first human communities use a lunar calendar where women were the center of the mystery and mastery of nature and life itself women recognize that their biological connection with the moon early on and excuse me women realize their biological connection with the moon early on and then used it to predict the seasons and tell time when think i was gonna say thank god but <laughs> I guess think myself as as since I am a woman. I am so thankful that women still know that our cycles, our menstrual cycles are connected to full moons, um new moons and you know kind of like pivotal maybe moon transits in terms of like waxing or waning and things like that. I'm very happy that we still have that knowledge. <laughs> you don't understand how key that is that was it's like a hidden gem that so many of us don't tap into and that is also a, a, attached to excuse me associated with Ophiuchus too because Ophiuchus is the occult like literally the hidden moon like the hidden being I, okay I'm I'm getting ahead of myself just because I have a lot of theories <laughs> so let me slow down Okay, let me slow down. We'll get into the reason why Ophiuchus is hidden. But let's just go ahead and just say that just by discovering and learning a little bit more about ourselves and our bodies and our wounds and our, you know, our yonis, we would really be able to tap into that power and that mystery 
that everyone else wants to figure out. And this is why I had to start with Ophiuchus because there's absolutely no way we can really dive into the mystery of mythology, the mystery of creation, death, anything without acknowledging the dark matter, the dark woman that we all came out of, okay? Just to be real, we are, we are on earth right now. Maybe projecting here with our consciousness, but we're on earth and we need to respect that. Just saying, it's not even a joke. I'm happy that, you know what? And I think recording at night is going to be good for me because I can't yell and y'all know I get excited and I'll be wanting to, you know, get loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was funny. Hold on. Let me see if I have the next quote that's important as well that associates Ophiuchus with the lunar calendar. Give me a second. Okay. Also, um, well, I guess I can just go into the next thing. So, Ophiuchus in the number 13. 13 is a number associated with women, a year's full moons and menstrual cycles, and by extension, fertility and female leadership. 13 is only unlucky to men, which is why hotels all these big corporate buildings do not want to have a floor 13 because they already know what time it is okay and it turns out as i did some research i'm not going to pull up those links just because you know this is just additional information a fun fact really important government buildings and things of that nature do have a floor 13 because some niggas is a cult okay and i'm not even going to give them the pleasure of being called a nigga a naga okay oh hold on wait let me let me let me let me get it together. Let me not be um aggressive <laughs> and judgmental. <laughs> All I'm saying is the people who deal with the real magic, not the real, with the dark magic <laughs> know what time it is, okay? Anyway. So 13 is part of a lunar matriarchal society that presaged the Roman Empire and was ruled by the moon. The lunar calendar has 13 moons, each with, excuse me, yeah, 13 months. That's where the, <laughs> the word month came from, moons. Each with 28 days. And then the solar calendar has 12. We're not going to get into all of that because that is going to lead into, you know, everybody else stuff or whatever. We're focused here on Ophicus. So... I really want to set the stage for you guys and so you guys can really imagine it you know what this time period looked like i know i was doing a lot of quotes and things like that and there was a lot of information so really take a moment to envision this a matriarchal led society brown melanated dark women the as the leaders consistent open in clear contact with extraterrestrial beings full knowledge of self and in power that is what Ophiuchus represents that society that is where Ophiuchus was realized because technically Ophiuchus is a constellation in the sky if 
we're going to be technical, if we're going to be scientific about it. It's a constellation in between Sagittarius and Scorpio. Okay, we got that part. And you know, during that time, our astronomers, our mathematicians, our scientists really connected with nature because they understood that the phenomena that they were witnessing, especially the fact that they are having regular communion with extraterrestrial beings that are not from the planet that they're on. They know things are outside of them and they're discovering things about it. This is what Ophiuchus represents. That is what dark feminine energy represents. That is what the number 13 represents. Being outside of the, I guess the trap, of <laughs> these archonic powers okay and brother penny actually did a video where he explained or where he suggested or theorized that the uh archonic powers are actually the 12 zodiac signs okay very important very interesting all right and i've done I, I may have to do a whole episode of number 13. I may. But anyway. Where am I? Okay. Oh, yes. Hopefully you, you were getting that. You were getting that picture in your mind. So. As you're seeing this evolve and, you know, these women be. Just, just think of the unlimited power and capacity that they have. Because when we get into... The ebbs and flows of Ophiuchus, it does also symbolize the ebbs and flows of the power of women. How could women, some people may ask, how could women be so powerful, so valuable, and so important, and then, you know, I wouldn't say choose, but, you know, have a life of... I guess ownership, because that's what they was doing in Europe. Let's just keep it. Let's just keep it very honest. And that Western society seems to be dominating right now, um, but not for long. Anyway, okay. So you got the second. Let's go ahead and travel to ancient Egypt with Ophiuchus, and look at the Dendera. The Dendera, probably is how it's said, because you know the Ra. The Dendera ancient star chart. So here it is. Hopefully you guys can see it. Um, I said I wasn't gonna be saying. Um, work with me, y'all. Work with me. <laughs> so the Dendera ancient star chart was used previously with um, Egyptian zodiacs. So the thirteen signs actually does. O- include Ophiuchus and it shows Ophiuchus as the center of the Milky Way galaxy which is very important and from analysis of the symbols left in the comedic temples that were used as telescopes to communicate with specific constellations it can be interpreted that the temple aligned with Ophiuchus constellation is associated with the Ra Sun deity so let's go ahead and take a look at it on the page just because it's a lot bigger. By the way, this article is fire. Oh, I'm going to have the article 
in the description so you guys can actually read i'm not gonna have all of the articles in the description actually so you guys can read it as well but this one the comedic history of africa blue lotus Woo! they got some heat on here so this is the dendera zodiac as you can see it's engraved i'm gonna actually do a quick description of it especially for those who are just listening or aren't um, watching a video on a Patreon, definitely you want to subscribe to the Patreon. I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna make sure I come with the quality. <laughs> the celestial arc is represented by a disc held up by four pillars of the sky in the form of women, between which are inserted falcon head spirits. On the first ring, 36 spirits symbolize the 360 days of the Egyptian year. Haha. <laughs> How important is this right now the fact that the disc is held up by pillars of, in, of the sky in the form of women lets you know everybody knew what was up okay it was not a mistake it was not a mistake having the mythology in the in the inside of a few kiss is vital because that is a missing element that many of us experience who grow up in western societies these patriarchal societies we've kind of forgotten that we're only on one end of the extreme and we'll get into you know maybe some of the downfalls of being on the other extreme but we see the extreme that we're in and we know we want to change it all right um and so here I'm actually going into, I, oh gosh, I hope this makes sense for people who aren't looking at the screen share. I just thought about that. I feel like I've just been reading off and on and, um, you know, inserting my tidbits as well as showing the references. And I really hope this is a good listening experience. Work with me, guys. I will listen back to see, you know, where I can improve in terms of that. I just had to think about it. But anyway, I wrote an ex an excerpt, um, especially after just consuming some of the information, um, looking over it, looking at other sources. And ultimately, it's been stated, it's pretty obvious, but the patriarchal society popularized today was established with the help of Romans and other Europeans to remove a fucus from the tropical astrology due to the threat the serpent god is presented to their gods. And it's very important to say that because that serpent god, as you have to think about, we, you know how a lot of Western society, excuse me, societies are about hiding alien contact, hiding, you know, natural healing methods, um, women's empowerment. They just, they just want to, the patriarchal society that is in power today just wants to silence and, you know, demonize anything that keeps the collective in touch to our roots we're not going to be able to and i don't want to say that in a definitive way but it's going to be quite difficult my friend to evolve and remove yourself from that cycle of reincarnation and pain and suffering without knowing who you truly are and where you began history is just going to repeat itself we already know what's up with that all right that is why wisdom is through experience and if you nope, hold on, I'm about to get in my mama mode. Hold on, let me go back. And if you do not learn from your past experiences, you may get that ass handed to you. Okay, I, I, I'm, I hope I didn't cuss too much, but I didn't. Have, I just want to put a little cuss in there. 
Um, so what else do I get into here? It's just crazy that herbalism and chat home childbirth and natural holistic methods of healing is against the law. Okay, it's crazy. These people are crazy. Okay, but let's go ahead and get into what is this touching on? Oh yeah, this is really important because also in that sigilous article, it is gonna be in the description for people who aren't looking at the Patreon. It touched on the fact that the Romans specifically killed shamans and matriarchal leaders who uplifted and shared the information of the truth and the origin of who we are because of their connection with Opucus. Now, you got the setting. These powerful women, you're doing their thing, you feel me? They are frolicking about all throughout the world. Uh, <laughs> they were once self-procreating and then they Oh, I can have a boy. I didn't know. Wow, this is fire. I can have anything. You know, I could give birth to anything at this point. So procreating. And also there is some mixing with the serpent beings and the humans and things of that nature. We're not getting into that this episode. We are sticking to one person at a time. But to add some context, there was definitely some, oh, I might mate with a Neanderthal. I'm not going to lie. I... <laughs> When white people say that they have Neanderthal blood, they may not be lying, okay? But besides that, we were also mating with extraterrestrials as well, which is pretty fire. Although the extraterrestrials may have caught some slack for that. I'm not gonna lie. That that's a that's a thing. So <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna confuse the story. I'm just adding some more context so you can realize, okay, everything wasn't peaches and cream. There was some, okay, we are expanding and, you know, the free will is, is the free will. You know what I mean? Do what that will. So, during that time, you know, we popping, we popping. We gotta think about it. Now we having men or whatever. We kind of lose our ability to self-procreate. As you can see right now, if we try to self-procreate, you know how the tumors come out and things of that nature. So, I'm pretty sure that... The lack of ability to self-procreate led to some of the decisions that we made with men. Um, and it may be a karmic or cause and effect to women using men as fertility vehicles and things of that nature. So, you know, that whole innate and embedded fear that men have about being trapped with the baby and being forced to come inside a woman or whatever... <laughs> you saw it on Bridgerton if you watch it on Netflix that ain't nothing new that ain't nothing new I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna lie that's not nothing new we've been doing that we've been doing that and so you know we gotta deal with that we gotta deal with that and on top of the fact that these are um highly beautiful sexual women as well you gotta think about it a lot of that dark feminine energy is also powerful sexual energy and you know I've heard, you know, some inferences, basically some people who kind of deduce information and gave their opinion on it. I've heard people say that possibly men were turned into sex slaves. Now, 
not going to say sex slave. Not going to say sex slave. I will say that men may have been put into or groomed, let's say groomed is a better word, groomed to be a sexual object and nothing more. So that is a possibility. That is a possibility. And then there's a reason that that would present reason as to why men may want to say, you know what? We kind of sick of these bitches. You know what I mean? And they powerful, they beautiful and this and that. And even when a nigga do rise, you know a man in this situation. Even when a nigga do rise to power, I still got to answer to this bitch all the time. And it, you know, I in modern day I do see that as an issue as well. You know, men they get into their moments where they're like, you know what, I'm bringing home most of the money and all this, but my wife still controls the house, and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how <laughs> how I'm paying for every goddamn thing. <laughs> And she's still controlled and shit, okay? So, I can see why there may have been men empowerment groups that said, you know what? Let's rise up. Let's do what we gotta do, blah, blah, blah. And the Romans and the Grecians, you know, they wasn't the, um, the highly melanated men. The highly melanated men, they said, you know what? I know where I come from. I ain't even about to go back and forth. Yeah, she do be tripping, but I'm not gonna go back and forth. Now, the Caucasoids, which is, should be fine to say, right? They are Caucasian. They say that themselves. The Caucasoid had an issue. They wasn't going to go for that. They spent a lot of time under the ice. They was doing a lot of, let's say, questionable things with their women. So they were not. They did not see the the, the beauty, the beauty and the power of their women. And also, they had a different type of extraterrestrial. Um, Commune communication, so you know they they was on some other shit. Not gonna lie, and the black men may have, especially after going to Europe and doing all that um the Moorish thing, because we're gonna set that context as well before we get into the characteristics of Ophiuchus. The black men as well, the Moors went to Europe, doing all that. Oh, we're gonna bring them up up, up, up the ice, and you know teach them about our secrets and mysteries. And all of that nature. Y'all know how, y'all know exactly what we're talking about. And that turned on them. Especially because they felt like, oh, you have to return to your race. And, you know, I'm doing you a service by mating with you and having babies with you and marrying and being in love with you. Because now you get to free your soul from damnation. And I'm not saying they did it on a religious tip, but everybody that knows that knows knows what i'm talking about you know we know how it is you know there's limitations to the caucasoid and being associated with the anigas will help you out all i'm saying is they may have got a little brainwashed to you know to be on a side during that time as well because you know we're not gonna let me let me not even get into the secret societies that's that's a whole number that's a whole nother Hold another episode, hold another episode, hold another episode. We're not going to get into what we got about the secret side. But all I'm going to say is, <clears throat> niggas was hating on all. <laughs> I'm playing. Okay, I will say this. Women, we did a little bit too much. And you can't be that powerful, that mighty, that, you know, and, and not expect to have a shift and to have to go and see how things are on the other side. So, <clears throat> that's where we at. Let's go ahead and get into the characteristics. <laughs> ah. 
Did I get, oh, the challenge is unless it's okay. The challenge is unless it's at the end. I just wanted to be sure I didn't leave that now. Okay. So I have another quote. Which one is this one? Okay, this is from the Sigilus as well. Since so few kids has been repressed and persecuted by both civil and church authority, the native will be resentant and tend to hide their true identity, especially in a social setting. They will want to form a tight circle of friends around them and will want to dominate family members as a reflexive response to the loss of autonomy that family systems demand to them. I also think let's go ahead and take it to, um, you know, just add another layer to that word to the wise this is something that is also spoken about when you look into the tree of life the kabbalah and things of that nature their you know family and your interpersonal relationships are where your biggest tests come you know it is touching excuse me testing your attachment to humanity and i think that ofi people and I say Ophi because Ophi, the etymology of Ophi is serpent. But serpent people, Ophi people, we have these messages and these lessons in our DNA. And we remember, oh, I can't be that attached to family. I can't be that attached to my partner. I can't be that attached to my children. Not to say, oh, I disassociate and I ignore them and I leave them from dead. No, you just know that there's certain obligations that come with that and you have to have the proper boundaries especially if you think about it for open people who have felt that persecution who have felt that you know isolation and that silencing you have to think about the fact that it's just you know there's some a lot of rejection that you know commonly we face and i say we because i have ofi um aspects in my chart and this has been really impactful for my spiritual journey specifically because we have those different i guess triggers within our dna we do have that kind of like aversion and that's just something to keep in mind because we're also shamans and the let's just say the western society's version or symptoms of like shamanic episodes or excuse me shamanic journeys or shamanic abilities is referred to as like schizophrenia and bipolar and things like that where people are able to move between realms so as an ofi person you are already moving in between realms you have that ability to see the shadow side of everything and then you have all of this ancestral um lineage or you know this this ancient coding in your dna that's reminding you of these things that your that your being has experienced it's a little bit difficult so that is an, a characteristic that you will notice in people who have you know strong ofi energy and serpent energy i think it's perfect honestly i think that's a perfect way to, to refer to it um now this is pulled from this article the same article i was referring to the sigilist and it actually goes into a little bit of like an astrology breakdown i think it's important so i'm going to read the whole thing and then we're going to get into the goods don't worry it's coming so Control of their own lives and the indulgences of secret desires will prevail as the motivations for their actions and associations. This is in reference to people who have Ophi in, you know, I guess, meaningful positions in their chart. 
Only by kind of absolutism and superiority can they be reassured that they are safe from attack. This is reinforced by their early childhood experiences of being persecuted in school and a general feeling of alienation from the rest of their peers. That is something that I've experienced. Um, I have an Ophi rising, definitely experienced that as a child. So this is, I think is important for people. If you do look like at your natal chart, if you do look up um, your natal chart for the 13th sign astrology, then you may, you, you may have Ophi energy as well. So this modern mythology is probably playing out in your life in different elements. Okay, so only those who will willingly fall under their spell or trust it does that make sense like those who are willing to accept the power and kind of you know be slightly submissive or at least understand that this power is at play are going to be trusted if you're an OV person specifically because there's an entire society built and um intentionally looking to reject and and silence you or whatever so since O Ophiuchus uh, represents the mystery of life and the unity of opposing forces yin and yang, sun in that sign can alternate from hot to cold instantaneously and explosively and react defensively until they feel that they are on secure ground. Sun Ophiuchus people will unconsciously be searching for the lost temple of Ophiuchus, a place where they can practice their healing arts without interferences from man's institutions and authorities, which they instinctively hate. In the temple, they can offer a myriad of ideas and nurture their disciplines without fear of suffering the same fate of the witch, which is death by fire. Ophiuchus has been accused of sorcery throughout modern history since their shamanic powers have been misunderstood and Ophiuchians have been scapegoated and abused by both the church and state since the destruction of the tribal system, which has elevated them to a which had, excuse me, the tribal system had elevated them to a high status position as healers, midwives, herbalists, and astrologers. In order to survive their loss of status and genocide, they were conditioned to resort to disguise and subterfuge, using their gender fluid capabilities to confuse and confound on their enemies, which is something that I really do not like because I don't like the fact that Ophi is depicted as a man. It's very disrespectful. Anyway, back to the quote. Sun and Ophiuchus natives can change their gender appearances at will and both male and females can use cross-dressing to enjoy their independence and freedom from socially imposed gender restrictions. In extreme cases, natives can become so alienated from what society expects of them that they will become a very destructive and destructive destructive and disruptive force which only serves to underscore the fear and loathing of them that has led to their persecution i ooh, I, you know what nobody do not care that y'all scared all right anyway so i also want to touch on the different characteristics as well let's go also get into some of the context in terms of the setting when when it was suggested that women kind of were walling out during, you know, our power, it's also suggested that maybe some of our uh, dark sexual energy attributed to some of the gender bending and, you know, sex fluid sexuality and things of that nature. 
I will have to ruin it. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot more um, accepted for women to bend genders and, you know, be sexually fluid. Probably because we have shown that we have the sexual discipline enough to do it. And just saying, um, mainly because we carry babies. So we're just a lot more mature in a way. But you know, when men try to do what we do, it didn't work as well due to the fact that, mm, should I get into that? Is that, is that relevant? That's not relevant. No, I won't get into the details of why I don't think it worked for men to be as fluid as us, but <laughs> I will say that that structure, um, excuse me, that structure and limitation to not even limitation but that responsibility of sexual energy that men kind of reinforce and you know because they have to do that for themselves due to the fact that you know they can be quite easily led by their penises so they do actually have to put forth an effort to be a lot more structured and responsible with their sexual energy I think that that was also something that played a part if we were using them as sexual um, beings instead of cherishing them into their full capacity, just because I think that that would, we, you know, there's things that women can do sexually with men that can be challenging to their sexuality, challenging to their gender and things like that. And that there weren't proper precautions that were taken in terms of being moral allowing that person to have autonomy allowing that person to be fully into their consciousness before they made certain choices and um experimented with certain things i do think that is a little bit of a karma as to why we really had to learn our lesson and especially the fact that there was some um gotta say this nicely because i'm not trying to offend no community but i wanted to say um let's say bottom of the barrel and i do mean bottom bottom bitch (laughs) as uh roman ingredients they had an issue you know what i'm saying like it, it, it just it's just let's just say it's not a coincidence (laughs) that those were the boys that decided to x ophucus out of their mythology just saying and not even their mythology but their zodiac you know what i'm saying and two okay so ophi people include jay-z tiana taylor monique the comedian which is very important I think that Jay-Z, he's a decent example in terms of, oh, that dark power, you know, he's able to be in the industry and have his symbol as a lot. He's all right. Tiana Taylor's doing a really good job, though. She's had her, um, she's had home births for both of her babies, midwife, and she's obviously stepping into her consciousness quite nicely. And she was never the girl to be quick to, you know, be oh head i mean not head over heels but you know oh i'm giving my life away to this man which is very important about all women we're very much so very independent and she's beautiful so she's a good example but then we have monique which is an excellent example because she stands up for herself 
she knows that she knows a lot of the secrets and things of that nature and she's willing to use her power and stand up for herself so that's a really good example and then we also like i was telling y'all we have a couple of mass murderers here go these white men right here <laughs> obviously these uh you know neanderthals could not handle the ophi energy running through their veins they turn into some murderers okay <gasps> lack of self-control All right, so let's get into the nitty gritty because I feel like we've definitely hit on, you know, the general idea of who Ophi is. But let's get into some of the different things that have more of a, a supernatural effect. So. The powers and behaviors of Ophi people are shamanic abilities. So this is where if you are someone who has really amazing and deep and insightful trips on psychedelics, you probably are have shaman abilities. Also, if you have an aversion to or an affinity for tobacco, that may have something to do with it. I would say aversion to tobacco because shamans use tobacco to clear out negative energy and it was in a lot of different Native American cultures. It was bla- not blasphemous, but a bad thing to abuse tobacco. So you may have an aversion to it. And if you have an affinity for it, you just, you kind of know, you know what I'm saying? You're tapping into what you need. You, you know what you, you know, you know what you're going to the tobacco. Like clear out that negative energy. You feel me? Um, but outside of that, shamans also, mm, how do I say? They go on, you know trips really i mean you can have a i don't really know how to describe what a shaman is like it literally just is it's you know commonly shamans help people who are dealing with things on the shadow side who are transitioning from one phase of life to the next um who transitioning to death as well shamans are used for you know getting to your next level of enlightenment it's so many different things and i think truly deep down you would know if you have shamanic abilities just depending on the type of people that you're around the different things that you're interested in and the different you know intuitive natural powers that you have so i'm not really going to get into that but yes that's a common power for ofi people medicinal healing of course as well this is really important because when you see the symbol for medicine or whatever, it's the snake, which is very important. They are definitely paying homage to Othi. Um, private with strict boundaries. We already know why. That's because Othi people we don't got time for the foolishness. Sexually expressive and empowered non-traditional romantic relationship styles. This is very, very important because like I said, even with Tiana Taylor as an example, she's open about, you know, allowing, you know, third parties to come into her relationship to, you know, for moments of sexual pleasure. And she's very strict about her boundaries. She's very open about it. She's very empowered with it. But guess what? You know what I'm saying? It's not the traditional thing. It's not, oh, monogamy, monogamy, monogamy. It's something different. And it's something that she's comfortable with. She's empowered to do. And she can express in a very mature way. And I'm just saying... That is really common, especially if you think about Jay-Z with his cheating ass. It's so many people. Just saying. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to be, um, you know, super open to, you know, open relationships or whatever. If you're Ophi or whatever, if you have Ophi energy. I just think that because of the sexual energy and that 
power that comes with it, you just tend to be more free, at least until, you know, you settle down into whatever it is that you're doing. Um, also different characteristics of Ophi people, they are commonly drawn to the occult, the metaphysics. You can see that with Tiana Taylor, how now she's, you know, linked up with Erica Badu and she's getting on, she getting, she getting the knowledge. She getting something. I ain't gonna lie, you don't just link up with Erica Badu and no foolishness. Um, Ophi people are a door of secrets. Main reason is because they are in between Sagittarius and Scorpio. And in one of the articles that I'm, I'm posting is described as the fact that Ophi basically has all the secrets that Scorpio digs up. And they're the keeper of it and they're the protector of it. And that's why, you know, and that's why I use that example with Monique in terms of the fact that she was just like, I will blast Oprah and Tyler Perry don't give a fuck very important um and very fire and also i think leah lastly ofi people have fiery dispositions okay so let's get into the challenges and lessons here it's gonna get a little serious so looking at the bigger picture the serpent god or goddess was acknowledged and worshipped for thousands of years before her story was written down. Uh, you do. I actually did share documentaries on my Twitter. I'm gonna make sure that I actually include. Um, just put that in a thread and include that as a link um, in the description as well, so you guys can look at the the documentaries. Uh, they are all about serpent deities in ancient civilizations very important and especially in the Mayan civilization oh my god like they were just like yo this we know you know what i'm saying we're, we're clear what's going on which is why south america and a lot of places outside of western society are very open about alien contact the, the u.s is acting like they're doing something new talking about oh in 150 days or whatever oh i'm we gonna let you know we know about alien bro bro mexico everybody else Brazil, everybody else. Been on. Russia, everybody else. Y'all late. Y'all is late. Y'all really, really late right now. Just saying, dude. But anyway, I have some documentaries I'm going to share with you guys so you can look into, you know, different serpent deities, different serpent goddess, goddesses um, that, you know, were instrumental in the evolution of ancient civilizations. And y'all have to think about the fact that this is something that physically happened, literally happened. Like, this is not something that's make-believe. We call it mythology, but dude, I'm sitting here pointing out to you right now how you've experienced very impactful, magical, supernatural phenomena in your everyday life that's associated with things that are way ancient, way more, way older than you. How can you still be repeating that today if it's not magic? Thank you. So anyway, really good documentaries. I think I got a little bit excited with that because I think I'm telling that to myself too because at first, especially when I first had my awakening, I was like, is this real or am I just being a kid and then, you know, letting my imagination go wild? It's real. Okay. So, and even if you're Christian and you believe the people, hold on, it's not judgmental, let me be clear. But anyway, if you're Christian and you read the Bible and you know, you take things literally or whatever as testimonies of people who have interacted with Jesus or whatever. Why they get to have all these impactful and, and uh, supernatural phenomena happen to them and you don't get to, for it to happen to you? Why? Why? That doesn't make sense. Come on now. You know miracles happen. The fact that you're even... 
I'm, I know I love to do this example, but the fact that you're even born as a human being is magic, okay? Shout out to the women. I do that every time, but I just need to let y'all know. Okay. Mm, so I'm going to share those documentary links. Also, let me go ahead and stop sharing. Let me show you this book that I'm reading called The Architects of Existence by Teresa Washington. How do I stop sharing? Okay. Stop sharing my screen. This book is mad good. Y'all see it? Y'all see it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Darkertips of existence. So good, bro. So good. Teresa is washing, washing the Yoruba uh, men and those who've been practicing Ifa and have not been acknowledging that for one, uh-huh, a few of the deities were women historically. First, like Obatala. Shout out to Jess because she told me that before. And I was like, really? Because all the articles I see says Obatala is a man. Or Obatala, you know, however we say it. And lo and behold, she was right. So shout out to her for that. Anyway, regardless. She, I am, I don't practice Aoife. But I was learning about it. And I'm like, whoa. This, I, this would be. This would be something that would be a beautiful process to get into, you know, initiated into just to have that deep connection with the womb and the mother. It's, it's beautiful. Um, so definitely look into that book because I feel like what she draws on the fact that, you know, dark, she doesn't say this exactly, but, you know, I have like my little I guess folders in my mind or these little cues in my mind that let me know okay this is what this is talking about I have like different associations so she's speaking about um the power of women and the womb and things of that nature and really she's breaking down how in Aoife it was explained that because we come from the dark womb dark matter that is where the true mystery and our power lies it's always gonna lie in women and this is not to say, it's like saying, you know, it's not one of those things where, you know how black people be like, oh, uh, black power does not mean, you know, white oppression or whatever the fuck. I don't really know how that go. But you know what I'm saying? Women empowerment, women power is not a diss to men's power. We love y'all. We love y'all. We, I just told y'all how we was having sex with y'all and everything we was really into it like we was we was with y'all we was you know whatever whatever but still it is best to acknowledge the fact that the power is here we got it just saying within our womb y'all got your power too i'm just saying and ultimately oh hold on oh jeez let me also cover the fact that men in ways can be <laughs> Men in ways can be self-procreating as well. Okay? We're all self-creating. I'm just saying... The womb gets... You, you know, you, you, you needed a vessel. Needed a vehicle. That's all I'm saying. We definitely are integral parts. <laughs> and, yeah. Okay, so let me go ahead and um, share my screen again. Okay. 
So... So, the biggest challenge and lesson that women collectively are experiencing, and which is also associated with Ovi, and the reemergence of Ovi, because I believe it was, what, two years ago? That, or maybe three, I'm not sure, where, you know, it just became popular to be like, oh, there's a 13th sign all of a sudden, a sudden, you know, we have a new zodiac, we have a new constellation. It's not new, it's been out, it's been old, but the point is, is that, Obviously, Ophiuchus is coming back to our awareness to signal to women to come back into the awareness of our dark feminine energy and men too. Thank you guys. Step back into your power. You know what's up. You know where that dark matter come from. It's within. So, the biggest challenge is definitely recovering from that shift. Um, to return to a balance point, more of that middle middle point, because like I said, Ophiuchus is in the center of the gal- Milky Way galaxy, which is very important to be at that middle point, to have not be on one extreme, to be at that point to where you do understand the harmony and the balance between your polarities, because that's what Ophiuchus um, also represents the the union of those polarities, those points meeting. In between a water sign and a fire sign. Ta-ta. Just saying. You know, it's just important for us to kind of collectively see this lesson. I think, of course, there's going to be modern mythologies that I go to where it's only going to be specific to a few different types of people. You know what I mean? But right now, I just feel like this Ophiuchus one is relevant to us all. Everybody, everybody is having that moment of really tapping in deeper to the dark feminine energy. And it's wild because I was going to record this episode a little bit earlier and then Brother Panic came out with that um, video, his most recent video, Decoding the Wizard of Oz. And really, it was about tapping into that dark feminine energy, most of the, the lessons in that in his in that lecture. So I just think that the call and the time is now and we can collectively do just that, you know, and I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be kumbaya. I know I'm very Aquarian, 11th house, things of that nature. Please, you know, spare me. I know y'all, everybody's, you know, an individual and really the way to do that collectively is to do that within ourselves. But I'm just making um, a statement to my listeners specifically that, you know, let's just really commit to learning the lessons that we have by being on this side of the shift being on the side of where okay we had a chance to witness what a patriarchal rare society looks like and we have codes within our dna of what a matriarchal society looks like what are we going to create with that now now that we know Yes, that deep, dark powers, you know, and that, you know, un, you know, unlimited connection. Let, yo, we had temples that were telescopes to communicate with constellations, okay? We, we, we reached some heights, bro. Just saying. So, we, re, we reached that, you know, the heights of our dark power. And now, we've reached the height of this light power. And it has manifested with the face of a white man. Which is crazy, but we're not going to get into that. I'm just saying, what does that middle point look like for us? So, 
challenges that are presented from the shift are the issues that we're suffering with not even suffering i'm not even going to get into that let me not say we're suffering with anything but the issues that are emerging or the confusion that's emerging from the changing of genders of powerful women entities um, and this is actually a quote from the Sigilus article. Since many original zodiacal archetypes are female and were changed to men or animals by the Greeks and Romans, Ophucus, Ophucus, excuse me, Ophucus, Aries, Leo, excuse me, Ophucus, Aries, Leo, and Taurus were all originally imagined as female symbols, only to be transmorphed for guide. Much later, into male stereotypes by politically motivated male astrologers. Now, that is important because that's also what Teresa Washington speaks about in the book *The Architects of Existence*. Even in New York, but even in all regions, the men were changed. The women were changed to men. Why? You know, and it leaves a lot of confusion. And, you know, now that I think about it, of course, Taurus is a woman. It's ruled by Venus. Like, duh. Anyway. I think that these challenges are going to be something we have that, the you know, in terms of the Ophi mythology, that has to be an overcome because there needs to be some structure lined out and truths told. You know, there's nothing wrong, obviously. It's even even in the characteristics of Ophi people. They're gender fluid. They, you know, they're this and that. Yes, that's true. However, let's tell the truth about the origin. That is, that's where we're having an issue. And that is something that's happening with a lot of people who may have, um, you know, who may struggle with gender identity. They're not getting into their origin. They're not maybe looking into some past life things that they may have going on. Because I do, I, I mean, I, I know it's pretty Native American, hippie to say, but I do think that people who have that trans experience, they could be tapping into or integrating parts of their past life into this current body. It's not that, it's not, it's not far off, bro. Just saying. So... Regardless of the fact, there's also things, and then there's also things about, you know, the different hormone levels of your mother and your father. And if we really had our natural healing mechanisms put into place and we weren't being shoved um, estrogen, whatever, filled foods, whatever, um, I, I didn't know really how to word that. But you know what I'm saying? Then maybe we would be able to identify, okay, these shifts and transition and transitions that happen between this and this person is due to their mythology instead of possibly even having to consider the fact that there could be some interference and bullshit going on because that is what's going on so we do have to deal with that that intentional interference with natural divine order and it's just one of two these laws which is the law of gender it's just it's what it is. The, this is Ophiuchus. It's the union of the yin and yang. It's yin and yang, bro. That is what it is. So we had to learn a lesson. Just learn a lesson now. That's what I'm just saying. Okay. Me, this is, that's to me too. I know I'm getting hyped. But anyway. Also, we have to deal with the challenge of sleepers and shadow persecutors. I have an issue personally about that. Because... 
There's gang stalking, surveillance, remote viewing, empty cedars being implanted into interpersonal relationships to prevent you from awakening or to control how your awakenings happen. You think we don't know what the fuck is going on? And gang stalking is when you feel like you're being watched and people keep sending you or strangers just say these odd things like they know you or something. And then surveillance, you already know we're in the age of technology, whatever, whatever. And then remote viewing, which the CIA do. FBI want to take some psychics and then they get the psychics and paying the psychics to view people who mind any damn business. I'm not saying they do it to Ophi people, but they do it to people. So I, I just have an issue with it regardless. And then, you know, the biggest deal that we can control where we have the most control over is the empty cedars implanted into relationships, family members, people who, you know, try to date you. Just because they know you got OV energy and they sleeper cells waiting for your ass to activate and then they going to try to take advantage of you or kill you or this and that. I don't have time for that. And that is something that needs to be addressed. I rebuke that bullshit. And y'all should too. Because y'all, nobody is crazy. People with OV energy, y'all ain't crazy. And, and you don't even got to have OV energy for this. You just got to know the truth about the dark, about dark matter, bro. You just got to know the truth. And then you get, and then you getting gang stalked, then you getting surveillance, then your internet and your and your technology messing up, your messages or your your tweets can't send, your emails can't send, your YouTube video won't stay up. Sick of it, sick of the bullshit, man. So that got to stop. That's we put the end to that. But this is also this is just an obstacle and, and a challenge. This is a, a opportunity for those of us who do know the truth. To say, I'm, I'm not standing for that bullshit. I'm calling it out. It is what it is. Yes, this is some surveillance shit. This is some gang stalking shit. This seems sus. You seem like an op. Be real. Tell the truth. And let the truth run away. What it may. Because there's no time to be living in fear. That's something that Ophi has dealt with a lot in terms of this mythology. So. Paranoia. That's some residual trauma. I'm not going to lie. You, as a shaman, you walking in between wor- worlds, you're going to get paranoid. You're going to start blending words and you're going to be confused a little bit. It takes time. It takes time to master it. So, <sighs> yes, your paranoia sparks for reason. I'm never going to say nobody. If you have a suspicious and your intuition is kicking for something, think about what it is. Think about why it could be. Think about. Are you actively doing, being proactive in making sure that whatever, whatever is straight within you too? Because you don't want to accuse nothing of nobody and then you got stuff going on. Or you created this uh, situation with your subconscious mind. Because you have to also remember the fact that we're all projecting into this reality as well. So, keep in mind. But that is a challenge that we do have to overcome. And, last but not least, especially... With the panorama going on. And I like to say panorama. Um, Just shout out to. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shouting out. Uh, what's his name? Gunna whatever. Um, Yeah. I like to say with the theatrics going on basically. How the hell people can't have their natural healing um methods. That's disrespectful. And that's the challenge we're going to have to overcome. So you, that is a collective thing. The people in your life. the Your partners. Whatever, people who are encouraging you to not make healthier, more natural and organic choices, 
It's one thing for them to let you know, okay, this is the dangers and, you know, the misconceptions. Keep these in mind. But if they are, you know, making fun of you or not even making fun of because, I mean, I do joke too. But you know what I mean? Like really trying to intercede or prevent you from doing natural healing things or whatever, then they may, it's a little suspicious. Now, keep in mind, I was pre-med in, in college so i do respect some of the different technologies that western society has you know brought up or whatever so i'm always one to say use what works i'm always one to do a holistic approach meaning you know maybe use some western uh, methods for the convenience and the quickness of it and then using holistic methods for the long term and you know prevention or whatever definitely with that but also it just depends on what it is to your approach and you intuitively have to know so when you do hear people who are giving misinformation about natural methods you have to realize certain natural methods take longer periods to heal and that's just a dip that's the difference with some between somebody who just knows information and some people who've applied it okay that's just what it is as an OV woman, I will tell you this now. Not everything can just be healed with a natural method because certain natural methods, you should be detoxing first. You should have been on this uh, regimen for two months now. So you actually do need to go to the Western doctor and get you the quick, you know, um, thing to lessen or eliminate the symptoms of the disease for the moment. Until you're able to get to the root of it with the natural method. And then, you know, maybe in a cancer situation, hell, they may need to cut some shit out. Okay? Especially if you're in stage like four. Please don't go to the natural method and you're in stage four of some organ shit. Okay? Surgery. Ophi is over on medicine. Ophi never said you can't do no surgery and this and that. We've been had the technology to do that. It just depends on what you're doing it for. Now, don't get crazy, you plastic surgeon girls, because that's a that's a real thing. Now, don't get crazy, because you do need to embrace who you are. What I'm saying is, is that uh, stitching up things and realigning bones and all of this stuff, like, bro, or, you know, taking out bullets or whatever, you know what I'm saying? This is surgery that was been being done. So... You know, just saying, know what is the origin of things. Don't just say no to it just because you feel like it's, excuse me, I think I hit the mic. But don't just say no to it just because you feel like, oh, this is Western. Do your research and really be proactive. Because some things, they just got from us, bro. Um. Anyway, okay, so let's get into some examples of over women. Hold on, let me look at how much time I got. Oh, no, I'm an hour in. Okay. So I'll keep it short. I'm not going to get into the full mythologies because I'm going to hurry up and, and wrap this episode. So some um, some mythology, other mythologies you can look at to see examples of Ophi energy as a mythology of Medusa, Mami Wata, and Azili. Um, Azili is Alawa, which is um, what... The spirits are called in uh, Voodoo or in Voodoo, and then Mami Wata. I believe she is associated with different African cultures. I was gonna read a good. I was gonna read these excerpts. 
I feel like I want to read the excerpt about Mommy Water. Sorry, I'm burping out. Because everybody knows the story of Medusa. But I feel like if I don't, if I do Mommy Water, then I should do Azili. Mm, I don't think it should matter that much. I'll just do one quick story just so we can move on with the uh, from the segment. But... Um, so, Mommy Water is a mermaid. So, the myth of mermaids is popular all around the world, but the African water spirit, Mommy Water, remained respected and celebrated from the time before the African nations came in contact with Europe through the ages and even up to today where she is venerated in West, Central, Southern Africa, and the diaspora of Americas. She represented one of the most powerful goddesses in the African, excuse me, in the African religion of Voodoo, not to be mistaken to the newer and more heavily publicized Voodoo, and is today celebrated as a goddess that must be loved and feared. As many other old mermaid deities, she is regarded as an immortal spirit that personifies polar opposites such as beauty and danger natural force and healing wealth and destruction health and disease and inability to follow ideas of good and evil as those old mermaid deities she's incredibly powerful dangerous pleasant sexual and able to destroy anything in her path her image in the minds of african followers went through little changes over the millennia she is often portrayed as a long-haired beautiful mermaid half human and half fish but sometimes can walk the earth in a more human body but she never transformed completely into human form always showing herself as a deity this is very important also attached this is also a message about what Ophi means about not be you know not being so remain to your human um attachments and forms that you forget the god within her clothes and jewelry are always new shining impossible to replicate and she can be seen carrying small mirror coil is carrying a small mirror excuse me mirror coiled snake that twists around her waist breast and head this wealth symbolizes the wealth and beauty her followers can achieve and interestingly her hair her skin is fair and light which is uncommon in african pantheons hold on this depiction of mommy water is not fair and light okay we don't know who the writer this is i i mean off if she is fair and light okay i'm just saying let's i don't even understand why that was even put in there um colors of mommy water's attire <laughs> carry great significance in african people red symbolizes the color of blood violence and death white symbolizes spirituality beauty and female body in the mermaid form she's always represented naked and sometimes combing her long hair and look at herself in a golden mirror okay very important mainly because i just feel like that was a really good short story to speak about how um ophi energy has appeared in other goddesses so let's get into today's legend i'm gonna stop sharing my screen now there's a huge spider in my room right now like that's wild dude like it almost looks like a tarantula i'm not gonna kill it but dang that's a big spider right now 
Um, shout out to the spiders, though. That mean that, that Nancy energy escaping with me, you know. Shout out, obviously, you know, I'm being respected and honored for weaving a new path for myself today. Um, <laughs> but okay, let's get into today's legend. So, the next segment is where we're going to speak about an individual and their experience with Ophi energy or just with any of the mythologies that we speak about in the uh, modern myth segment. So, today we're going to speak about me mainly because I was going to say something egotistical. But mainly because I feel like I have seen Ophi energy so evidently in my life, it doesn't make sense for me to go and seek it out somewhere else. So, long story short, I'm going to make it short, mainly because I have spoken about this experience on a previous podcast before. And, you know, you don't like to... If anybody has like really impactful um, experiences, they sometimes don't like to, re- you know, have to repeat it and tell it over and over again. But anyway, so my experience with Ophi Energy began one night when I was looking up my 13th sign natal chart and I saw that I had an Ophi rising. So I kind of knew it, I kind of understood it, but I hadn't really looked into the mythology of Ophugus. I was a little bit high. I was smoking a little weed, you know, smoking the marijuanas and things of that nature. And, you know, I'm smoking, you know, it's pretty late night, laying in bed or whatever. And I'm scrolling, you know, the articles as I'm reading. And I was reading that article by the sigilist actually and reading the mythology and like all of these codes just started unlocking for me. Like I was able to pretty much imagine and feel things in my body that was being spoken about in an article, like triggering like, okay, this is resonating. This is within your DNA. This experience is something that for some reason is impact or has you know is really impacting you energetically so I had that experience and when I was high at the time I don't know I feel like I I I went on a little bit of a trip I say that because I've taken acid before and when I'm on acid I sometimes have like these long drawn out thoughts like this like a thought that can just go for mad long right and I was having that experience with when I was reading the article about Ophiuchus. And I, I now realize that as clear cognizance, basically where like my thoughts are like revealing to me truths. And sometimes it can, I interpret it as um, maybe those beings or it depends on what I'm reading. But it, yeah, in this situation, I sometimes I interpret it as that being communicating with me. And so in this situation, that's how it felt. It felt like I was just unlocking this reality about myself that I didn't know that I had. And it was really, 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 really um, impactful. I think I cried as well, especially when I was talking about the feelings of isolation and persecution and things like that. These are things that I grew up experiencing. I was bullied severely, honestly, in elementary school a little bit of middle school and things like it wasn't that bad in middle school though 
Um, and I also have felt like I shouldn't, you know, reveal my true identity because I was too dark. I was, and mind you, I'm already, uh, at the time I'm already podcasting and being myself, you know, but you know, I was having these feelings like maybe I shouldn't reveal so much about myself. I feel like people are in ways using this information against me. Um, and then on top of the fact that even in my own household, I felt demonized for tapping into my my knowledge and my magic and things of that nature. So that, you know, having a realization and being able to kind of see my story on paper, and it's literally about a whole goddess that existed way before me, it was mind-blowing. You know, like that is those are the spiritual moments that happen when you're really getting a download when you're really just like you know the the dots are connecting you know what I mean like the equations are going off in your head and you're putting things together so that was a really good night I think I slept I might not have slept I'm I'm not sure but the next day regardless that's when the paranoia kicked in because now people were up it wasn't you know the I wasn't cloaked with the dark matter of night. It was now time for the sun. Like we said, like the lunar calendar, you know, rules Ophi or, you know, Ophi is, is prominent in a lunar calendar. Now we're getting into the solar calendar. Now the sun is out. I That's when the paranoia kicked in. I was thinking to myself and also the weed I was smoking was a little potent because I'm like, whoa, I didn't, I'm still hot feeling but I, that was really in reality what actually happened was I tapped into my shamanic abilities that was the first time I realized my shamanic abilities to have a shamanic journey and that's what I was going through I was on a shamanic journey um but I didn't know the proper ins and outs and when you go on a shamanic journey you actually gotta like return to the point that you started the shamanic journey I didn't have all that information but you know I'm having that experience though right so the next day, now the paranoia's kicked in. I am paranoid about my mom, my aunt, my brother. I feel like people are reading my thoughts. The media is speaking to my mind. This shit was kind of wild, bro. Um, then I'm thinking about my partner at the time, and I was just like, I don't trust this nigga. I'm paranoid. You know, my friends, it didn't matter who interacted with me. I was seeing and feeling a huge sense of shadow and darkness. Like, I felt like I knew everything that they never said to me like I just knew it all of a sudden and it was a little dark it was a little hurtful you know what I'm saying not saying that this is all true whatever but these are things that I needed to see and I needed to have that reality presented to me as a possibility period because things that I picked up on lo and behold came to fruition many a time so tapping into the intuition you feel I'm not going to get into the weeds of everything. Just know I was definitely gang stalked. There was this white lady, white, old looking white lady, a little bit of blonde, white hair now, whatever she is. They took a picture of my motherfucking car. I don't like that bitch for that. I still, I still remember that. That wasn't a motherfucking hallucination. No, because let me, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> my other personality just tried to, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> let me relax. <sighs> Let me center myself, integrate myself. That white lady took a picture of my motherfucking car. I had an issue with that. Anyway, my neighbor at the time, she's 
she, you know, she was diagnosed with schizophrenia or whatever, whatever as well. So, you know, she a shaman. She was putting me on to a bunch of stuff. Like, she was speaking in cold to me and I understood the cold. I didn't know what the... I was like, what's going on in this reality? Like, wow, it was crazy. It was crazy. I can't even, I can't even repeat it. Because if I repeat it, it ain't going to make sense to y'all. And that's how crazy it is. Anyway, what else happened? I was driving. I drove back and forth to Statesboro like two or three times. And those drive, drives that I was taking were like trances. I was having like full, like I was listening to music and I was seeing backstories of people's lives and altered realities. It was a lot. I, I can't even get into it. It's a whole shamanic journey. But regardless, the paranoia kicked in and the powers. All right. Um, my biggest thing at the time, I'm trying to see where this just because I don't want to get bit, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't mind spider bites, but they can't, if, when they do the spider bite and they implant eggs and stuff in you, I don't be liking that. So, to Nancy, just so you know. Um, a Nancy. <laughs> anyway, so, let me get into the other. Oh, so I try to do a, a meditation to kind of calm down because I'm like, okay, I'm kind of tripping right now. This is supposed to just be weed. I've just unlocked the aspect to myself of this Ophi energy. This is why I act the way I do, blah, blah, blah. This is who I'm tapped into, whatever. I feel like she's been, t- like, even on the drives that I was taking back over to Statesboro, I felt like she was speaking to me and just telling me her story. Um, or telling me my story, really, and my relation to her. But anyway, try to do a deep meditation, probably, you know, after that second day, I'm driven back forth to Statesboro like a madman. I'm like, okay, mad woman, excuse me. It's time for me to lay down. You know, I'm kind of tripping a little bit. Let me just lay my mind down, okay? I'm paranoid. I feel like people stealing from me. I feel like people, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to get into the weeds everything. Because I told the whole story before. But just know. We got to do this. We got to. We. I got to wait for a whole nother episode for that. Because I'm going to get into... shamans and the things they pick up about people that can save their life but anyway i'm like okay i'm kind of tripping whatever you know let me let me relax when i'm going to deep meditation had a meditation i was meditating about people being pregnant you know all type of stuff alternate realities with people and stuff like that and that shit came true as well in terms of not the alternate realities but the people who i envisioned as being pregnant or whatever that shit came true later on after the trip or whatever so I'm like, okay, I have activated some shit. I don't know what's going on, but even with my meditation, because my partner at the time he sent me the the frequency or whatever video that he he recommended from YouTube, and I was like, this nigga's trying to program me, no. So that's pretty much <laughs> that's pretty much that all of these characteristics of Ophi that I'm explaining to you, the shamanic powers, being able to see um, in between realms, keeper of secrets, uh, paranoia, not trusting people, have strong boundaries. It was all there. Okay. That was me. I didn't know what it was at the time. So I had my whole experience, blah, blah, blah. Now this is where the, the realness come from with the additional gang stalking, surveillance, and the, and the weird shit. And the, what is it? Um, the sleeper cells. Then my family they noticing okay this bitch is tripping a little bit she is not sleeping something's wrong whatever whatever 
And I was also exposing my family secrets as well. So probably after the fact that I was speaking about all of this uh, sexual abuse and things of that nature. Not sexual abuse, but, you know, um, sexual experiences that happened within the family and things of that nature that were inappropriate. They was like, okay, she probably, something is wrong. I'm not going to hold you. Something is wrong. She's telling everybody's business. And don't know why. But I was. I was. I was speaking about my business. I was speaking about everybody everybody's everybody's in the family okay then my family said okay my aunt for one i ain't gonna get into that we ain't gonna get into the to that but my aunt did suggest that i go into the you know what is it mental health hospital for 48 hours or whatever and i had to and that was traumatizing because when I got to the hospital, the doctor that came to see me was Dr. Pope. Now, you can't make that shit up. Just by the way, you can't make that shit up. How the fuck I'm going crazy in the hospital and my doctor is Dr. Motherfucking Pope. After I just read to y'all that the Vatican, I'm not even going to say the Vatican, but the church and the state was the people who were against Ophi in the first place and silencing them. And that's the motherfucker who's going to be the one to be like, okay, this is what's wrong with this bitch. We need to uh, uh, give her a shot or whatever to go to sleep. Crazy. So as soon as I saw that was Dr. Pope, I turned up in there. I, I, I was upset. They got the police in there, you know, whatever. Gave me a shot. I had to go to sleep. I'm like, okay. Woke up. I realized I'm alive. Because <laughs> I thought I was going to die for them. That, that, this is like a three-day period I'm describing to you. I thought I was going to die. I'm not going to hold it. I really thought I was actually going to die. Um, So I'm like, okay, I'm alive. And this is the situation I'm in. So we're going to make this story short now. I don't know what the hell animals is out there, but you see, that's once I realize, you know, okay, this is, they call it a schizophrenic episode. Once I realize this is a shamanic episode, this is, you know, this is why the Ophi energy impacted me so strongly because of my chart, because of my past lives. I had to also put together things about Akashic readings that I had, a whole bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, I got power. I'm groovy. You feel me? So that led to a lot of what I've learned today in terms of remaining protected, remaining prepared, remaining aware of all the energy around me, commanding control of that energy, knowing that I am the origin point of all energy, it, it was empowering. The process was triggering, it was scary and all these things, but once I put things together, I put that experience together, you know, I put different patterns I had within myself together, the different, you know, familial things, I guess, you know, family things, the different childhood experiences, the different, you know, relationships that I've had. I realized, oh, this is my OV power. I'm tapped into my dark energy. I'm empowered. I am no longer silenced. I can create the support system that I, I need and want, which I have to this day now. 
I don't have to be in the shadows. I don't have to be hidden. You know what I'm saying? It was next level for my spiritual journey. And I feel like, not saying that more people, if you connect with Ophi, then that's going to happen for you, whatever. I saw it within my life, which is why there's going to be more mythology that I speak about. But this one is really important, especially for black women, to see this mythology in our lives, to know this is who I am. I am that I am. I'm not afraid of that. Just because motherfuckers want to do all this bullshit and this spooky bullshit all the fucking time. Don't mean that I don't know who the fuck. Oh, I'm cussing too much. Hold on. <laughs> don't mean that I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who I am. I don't know my power. So that was really important. Now, I guess we can wrap it up with a word to the wise. Word to the wise. We oftentimes repeat mistakes when we don't have the awareness of where we went wrong the first time. With the rejection of black women, of the black womb, of our dark power, many people in the collective have been led astray locked into cycles of abuse, trauma, violence, hurt and pain. And if we continue to ignore the wisdom, the experience, the truth, the value and the power of where we came from and our origin point, will never feel the true joy of standing fully in our being. I feel like we shouldn't continue to live these half-assed lives and weak existences and yes I really do mean weak existences when so much of our truth and power is within us there's no excuse absolutely none to deny what has been right in front of your face you saw the wound that you came out of. You see the dark matter in which we exist on this planet. You know how life is created. Stand in that truth. It's simple. Because the reason there is a reason that you were lied to. Obviously. 
And that origin point and that reason is no longer relevant. It's already done. The reemergence is here. The shift is here. It's clear and evident in the women that we see in our lives, the women that we see, I hate to say media, but you know, I'm Neptunian in media, the women that we see that are being exalted and celebrated for their power. They're all standing in their Kundalini energy, their serpent energy, their Ophi energy, their dark matter, their dark feminine power. So, if you can see it outside of you, I think it's just time that we all take a moment to see it within. And that is my word to the wise. I have to get a little bit reflective because I didn't have anything prepared for that. Hopefully, my message is clear. I do thank you guys for joining me for my very first episode of Saja Sage Podcast. Kind of nervous, but I did it though. Shout out to me. Let me know what you think. Um, definitely like, share, subscribe. Um, what else? Oh yeah, join the Patreon. Please appreciate ya. Right now we're doing a sale for $131. Well, a discount for $131. If you join the Patreon, that is only available to the first, I think the first 33 people who sign up, I forget the number. Regardless, the description to join will be in the, oh, the description. The link to join will be in the description box. That way you actually get to see the video. You get to see, you know, me sharing the screen and being a little techie girl, you know, (laughs) As well as get the episode early because everybody on the Patreon has access to this episode Fridays. I'm thinking about possibly doing it two days early, but I think Fridays would be good. That way it's just like one day, you know, people don't feel too left out. And what else? Oh yeah, follow Saj the Sage, S-A-J-T-H-E-S-H-E. I shouldn't have to spell it. Like it's, it's, on, it's on the title, bro. <laughs> at Saja Sage on Twitter and Instagram. Also, yeah, because YouTube or whatever. I'm not doing YouTube. All right, so that's it. I did it all. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it.